That was good singing. And we're going to turn now in the Word of God to the Gospel of Luke and the chapter 14. Luke's Gospel and to the chapter 14. And here we're going to read a parable. It's the parable of the Great Supper. The parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And so as we read down the words of this parable together, uh, you can read the earthly story and seek to apply the heavenly meaning. And so Luke chapter 14, we're going to break into the chapter at the 15th verse. And when one of them that sat at meat with him heard these things, he said unto him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt, and the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Amen. We'll end there at verse 24. And may the Lord be pleased to add his blessing to this public reading from his own precious and infallible word of the Lord. And we're turning together once again to the Gospel of Luke and to that 14th chapter. And we have read together from verse 15 down to verse 24 containing the parable of the Great Supper. And just briefly tonight in the gospel, I would want to take as my text the words of the verse 17. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. And there we have the gospel invitation. Come, for all things are are now ready. Let's just unite in prayer. We'll ask the Lord for help in the ministry 
of his word. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, we do praise thee tonight that we can seek thy face with that assurance that thine ear is attentive unto the voice of our supplication. We would pray tonight, O God, very earnestly that thou wouldst come and draw near to each and to every heart, to those tonight who were saved, as we would consider the gospel, may it come with freshness, may it come by means of encouragement and even of strength to our hearts tonight, when we think afresh of what the Lord has done for us in love and in mercy. And if there would be any, O God, who were still unconverted tonight, we pray that thy spirit would so strive with them that they would be brought through victoriously to close in with thine offer of mercy. And, O Father, we might rejoice with heaven over hell's defeat and the salvation of precious souls. Hear and answer prayer and abide with us now. We ask it for Jesus' sake. Amen. At Christmas time, it is nice to receive an invitation. Maybe to receive an invitation to visit a loved one or a family member. Maybe an invitation to go out for a meal, to have dinner. Maybe an invitation to a function or to a party. There are so many invitations that are given out, most especially at Christmas time. And we all would well understand what it is to receive an invitation. When it comes to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we often find that the gospel is presented by way of an invitation. In fact, it's presented as an invitation to a feast, being invited to the Lord Jesus Christ is likened to being invited to a great feast. In fact, that's exactly what is taking place in this parable that's before us in Luke chapter 14. And the fact that such a parable would be presented to us, that coming to Christ is like coming to a great feast, It shows us that naturally the soul of man is hungry. The soul of man is craving with hunger. And the soul of man has that great desire to be satisfied. The soul of man is thirsty. And the soul of man is looking for something that would quench that thirst. And so in the word of God we find, therefore, that the invitation in the gospel is likened unto an invitation to a feast, an invitation to come and to dine. For example, back in the Old Testament scriptures, in the prophecy of Isaiah, you would be familiar with the words in chapter 55 and the very opening verse. And it says, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come ye, 
buy and eat. Yea, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. And there's that great invitation that goes out. You can come, you can buy and eat without money and without price. What an invitation that is in the gospel. Over in the Psalms, in the Psalm 107, we have there that picture of the soul of man that is hungry, the soul of man that is thirsting. And in the Psalm 107 and the verse 9, it says of the Lord, For he satisfieth the longing soul, and he filleth the hungry soul with goodness. And again, you can see that picture in the gospel that coming to the Lord is coming to have that hungering of our souls satisfied. Whenever you come over into the New Testament scriptures, we find that that same picture and that same illustration holds true. Do you remember in John chapter 4, there was the Lord meeting the woman at the well. And the Lord told the woman at the well, if you drink of this water, you will thirst again. But if you drink of the water that I shall give thee, you'll never thirst again. And thank God there is that life-giving water. There is that draft of living water that comes alone from the Lord. Who's able to satisfy the thirsting of the heart. Also in John's Gospel, the chapter 6, there in the verse 35, one of those great I am's of the Savior, Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. And there's the hungering and the thirsting of the soul being satisfied alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. The very next chapter in the Gospel of John, chapter 7, you have the words of the Savior in verse 37, when Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me. And so you can see by these illustrations and the word of God that I have referred to that accepting the invitation to come to Christ is to have the soul satisfied. And all the word of God would say, taste, taste and see that the Lord is good. There are parables, parables given by the Lord that also underline this same illustration. Here in Luke chapter 14, we have the parable of the great supper. There's a similar parable that's given in Matthew chapter 22, and there it's of the wedding feast. And while there are similarities there, yet they are distinct and different parables. But still, that gospel invitation is likened on to coming to a great feast. This before us tonight in Luke 14 is a parable that's exclusive to the Gospel of Luke. And I would like to consider it together just thinking about that invitation in the Gospel, that Gospel invitation. 
And firstly, tonight, there is the receiving of the invitation. When you look at our text, it says, Come, for all things are now ready. And there's the invitation, that invitation that is given out to particular individuals. And so we must think about those who were privileged to receive the invitation. The end of verse 16 tells us that they bade many. Many were bidden to come. There was an invitation that went out to the many. Many were called to come. Verse 17 refers to them that were bidden. And so you can tell from this parable that there were those who received the invitation. Those who were privileged to receive that invitation. And in the context here, the Lord, of course, is referring to the Jewish people. Those who were privileged. Those who had many privileges from the Lord. And even in the gospel, they enjoyed privileges. The gospel was to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The Savior, when he came into this world, says he came unto his own, the Jewish nation. Came unto his own, but his own received him not. When you think of the early church and the plan for evangelization that was given there at the very beginning of the book of Acts in Acts chapter 1 and the verse 8, how when the Holy Spirit of God would come upon them, they were to be witnesses. Witnesses that would go to the uttermost parts of the earth, but start at Jerusalem. Start at Jerusalem, then into Judea, then into Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. And so the Lord was showing to us here, even through this parable, how the Jews were a privileged people. Just like those who were first invited to this great supper that was prepared. Privileged to receive the invitation. Doesn't that apply in the gospel? There are those who have received the invitation to come to the Lord Jesus Christ for as long as they can remember. Time without number. They couldn't count how many times they have sat under the sound of the gospel and they have received that invitation to come to Christ and to come for all things are now ready. And they've been so privileged in receiving that invitation. A privileged people. Then in receiving the invitation, there was the preparation in receiving it. Come for all things are now ready. All things are now ready. All the preparation has been made. Anyone who has ever hosted a meal or a dinner or a great feast and wants to invite others to come to it, you would know just to some degree the preparation. The preparation that has to go in for all things to be made ready. 
before really you could start to invite. You have to make sure that everything's in place and everything has been arranged and prepared. All things are now ready. The invitation goes out. And when you apply that to the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can say tonight all things have been made ready. The Lord Jesus Christ, according to the great plan for salvation, he came into this world. And he was willing to go the whole way to Calvary's cross. And in the Lord Jesus Christ coming into the world and going to Calvary to die upon that center tree, all of the prophecies of the Old Testament and all the promises of the Old Testament, they found their fulfillment in him. All things, all things are now ready. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he hung upon the tree, he was suffering there in body. They cried out, it's finished, it's finished. He had accomplished the work that the Father had given him to do. And when the Lord cried, it is finished, we could say, all things are now ready. All things have been fulfilled. The whole plan for man's salvation has been accomplished in Christ. And through the shedding of his precious blood and the laying down of his life, And it's finished. All the preparation for man's salvation. It's all there in place. Therefore the invitation can go out. The invitation is come. Oh, the guests didn't have anything to do. All things are now ready. Those who were invited in the parable here to this great supper, they didn't have to bring a thing with them. They were to come empty-handed because all things are now ready. You have just to come and partake. So it is in the gospel. The invitation to come to Christ, don't come with anything in your hands. There's nothing that you can bring to add to it. It's all complete. All things are now ready. All you have to do is come. Augustus top lady penned those words, nothing in my hands I bring, but simply to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ we cling. And in the gospel tonight, everything is in order and everything is prepared and all things are now ready and the invitation in the gospel is come. Come to the Savior. You notice in receiving the invitation, there's the priority as well. Come, for all things are nigh ready. Nigh ready. You see, the supper time had come. And the word now is inserted there to really highlight to us the the urgency to come and to come now. If you were to omit the word now, it would still make sense. Come for all things are ready. But come for all things are now ready. 
You can see the emphasis that that would place upon making this a priority to come, to accept the invitation to attend the great supper, to come to the feast. And so it is in the gospel, surely tonight you realize the urgency that there is to accept the invitation and to come to Christ. As we have read down the parable we learned there were those who missed the opportunity. They had received the invitation, but they missed the opportunity to come. Come for all things are now ready. And the urgency in the gospel call and that invitation that goes forth from every gospel meeting is to come and to come now. Not to put it off. Not to delay your answer. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. And if there's a soul tonight within the sound of my voice and you're not yet converted to Christ, oh, we would urge upon you as you receive the invitation, oh, will you come? And will you come now? Will you close in with God's offer of mercy, receiving the invitation? But secondly, I want you to think about the refusing of the invitation. Because sadly, this invitation was refused. When you look at the parable there in verse 18, and they all, that's all those who were invited, they all with one consent began to make excuse. They are refusing to accept the invitation and to come. And they're making excuses in an effort to try and justify why they're not coming. And they put forward certain excuses, but whenever you would consider those excuses in turn, you find that they're feeble excuses. And the truth is, they refused to come because they did not want to come. Look at verse 18, and you see the first excuse that's presented. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground, and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have me excused. If you were to look at the wording of that excuse, they've already bought the piece of ground. I have bought a piece of ground. And so if they've already bought it, in all likelihood they've already seen it. It would be foolish to buy ground or to buy property if you don't examine it and you don't see it first. So he's already bought it. In all likelihood already seen it. Therefore there was no urgency to go and see it at this particular time. In fact we know that it was supper time. And supper time had come. And supper time was the evening time whenever the darkness had drawn in. And so it wouldn't be the time to go and see a piece of ground anyway. Just a feeble excuse to try and justify not coming to the great supper. 
Do you see the second excuse? Verse 19. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to prove them. I pray thee, have me excused. And so again, they've already bought the five yoke of oxen, but they're so taken up here with their work and with their business, they're using it as an excuse for not coming. The third excuse is in verse 20. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. That's probably the worst of all of the excuses, and perhaps the rudest of all the excuses. The others said, I pray thee have me excused, but this one just says, therefore I cannot come. It's quite abrupt. You could categorize each of those excuses. The first one in buying the ground, there was wealth involved, possessions. The second one, the five yoke of oxen, that was work involved. And then the third one, that was the wife involved. Whenever you think about those different categories, the, the wealth and the work and the wife, and one speaks about the possessions and the other is priorities and the third one there is relationships and these are the very same things today. The very same things today that are put forward by way of excuse as to why souls cannot accept the gospel invitation and come to Christ. These are typical Worldly excuses for not coming, for not attending to the most important matter of all. And those things we have referred to, the wealth, the work, and the wife, and the different things that they represent, they're all legitimate things. They're all quite legal things. They're lawful things in their proper place. There's nothing wrong with them. Nothing wrong with acquiring wealth, providing it's done in an honest and decent way. There's nothing wrong with being industrious and being a willing worker. There's nothing wrong with finding a wife in the will of the Lord. But when these things become a priority over accepting the invitation to come to Christ, then they become sinful. They're just excuses that are put forward for refusing the Savior. Hebrews 12 and the verse 25, it says, See that ye refuse not him that speaketh. For if they escape not who refused him that spake on earth, much more shall not we escape if we turn away from him that speaketh from heaven. You see, there are consequences there when you refuse the invitation in the gospel. See that ye refuse not him that speaketh from heaven. The Lord speaks to your heart. The Lord challenges your soul. The Holy Spirit of God strives with you. Don't refuse. Don't refuse the invitation. 
the receiving of the invitation, the refusing of the invitation, but just as we close the result of refusing the invitation. You see the result here in the parable in verse 21. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry. The master of the house being angry. The one who had planned this great supper. The one who had made all of the preparation. The one who had sent out the invitations. And the invitation has been refused with feeble excuses. He's now angry. He counts this as an insult and as an offense. There are those today who continually refuse God's invitation in the gospel. They're provoking God to anger. The master of the house being angry. In the Lord Jesus Christ, we have a loving Savior. Oh, the Lord is gracious. The Lord is merciful. The Lord is long-suffering. Yea, the Lord is plenteous in mercy. But I want to say tonight in the gospel that God is also a God of wrath and a God of anger. In the Psalm 7 and the verse 11, it says, God is angry with the wicked every day. God is angry with those who refuse his offer of mercy, those who provoke him to wrath. Jonathan Edwards, who preached that sermon that became a classic sermon, was called Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. In relation to those who refuse the invitation, oh, there's judgment. There's judgment that awaits. And you can see it alluded to here in this parable when you look at where we ended our Bible reading in verse 24. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Oh, at the commencement of the parable, they were invited to the supper, but they have so offended and so insulted the master of the house, he has said, they'll not be eating of my supper. They're going to be shut out from my supper. And you see the application there in the gospel. It's going to be those who are shut out of heaven because they did not accept the gospel invitation. It's a very dangerous thing to refuse the Lord Jesus Christ. Proverbs 29 and the verse 1, He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Oh, there is a day of God's anger. There is a day of God's wrath. When you will cross that line, there is a line by us unseen that crosses every path, the hidden mystery between God's mercy and God's wrath. And if you refuse the Lord Jesus Christ, you could cross that line, the hidden mystery between God's mercy and God's wrath. 
And they which were bidden shall not taste of my supper. The parable does give detail of the invitation going out to others. The invitation is extended to all who will come. You could take time yourself to look into the parable and you'll find there that they were to go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, and the halt and the blind. What a picture of the sinner that is. What a description there of man in his natural unsaved condition. He's poor. Oh, bring the poor in of nothing, of no means to pay, but bring them in. It's free. The sinner is poor and destitute spiritually. We have nothing that we could offer God by way of paying for the gospel feast or paying for our salvation. We're poor. Maimed. The word maimed really refers to the upper body maiming with the loss of the hands or the arms. The halt. That's the lower body with reference to the legs. The maimed wouldn't be able to work and the halt wouldn't be able to walk. And what a picture there is there of the sinner. There's no works that we could do that would ever merit acceptance before God. We cannot of ourselves walk before God, so we're poor, we're maimed, we're halt spiritually, and we're blind. The God of this world is blind at the minds of them that believe not. We're in the dark. What a picture there is there of the sinner, and they're invited to come. You could say it's taking in here the whosoever, even when they were all invited and they come in, the servant is able to say to the master of the house, there is yet room. There's room for more. Listen, tonight there's room for you. You can come and accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your own and personal saviour. The message goes out tonight to the whosoever. You can accept the gospel invitation. We've said about the gospel being likened unto coming to a feast. And of course, whenever we get to glory, Revelation 19 and the verse 9, it speaks about the great marriage supper. It's called the great marriage supper of the Lamb. The Lamb of God. The Lord Jesus Christ who sacrificed himself upon Calvary. Who shed his precious blood and made all things ready. The one tonight who would say to the unsaved soul, come. Though as you think of that great marriage supper of the Lamb. That you would not be shut out of that. But all that we would be shut in. Not one would be missing, but shut in for all eternity with our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. May God bless his word to every heart this evening.